the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. For business and investing news, this is the Biz 1440. KYCR Golden Valley, Minneapolis, St. Paul. With SRN News, I'm Jeremy House in Washington. There's a worrisome trend among children too young to get the COVID vaccine. Hospitalizations for kids under five soaring to their highest level since the pandemic began, according to CDC Director Rochelle Walensky. She says just over 50% of children ages 12 to 18 are fully vaccinated. 16% of those 5 to 11 are. Correspondent Julie Walker reporting. Also on SRNews.com, Republican Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin says he'll seek re-election to a third term. Johnson had earlier pledged that he would only serve two terms. Meanwhile, fellow GOP Senator John Thune of South Dakota is also seeking re-election to a fourth term in 2022. Thune is second-ranked on the Senate Republican leadership list. This is SRN News. Want to enroll your child in Christian school for half the cost? TwinCitiesTuitions.com has joined with area private schools to offer half-price tuition for your child's first year. At TwinCitiesTuitions.com, you'll see our partnering schools, an interactive map to find one in your area, and frequently asked questions about the program. Now more than ever, it's important for your child to have a biblical worldview. Get details about the half-off Christian tuition program at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony Madrid. I'm Staff Sergeant Smith Akal. I'm Staff Sergeant Alex I'm Staff Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I am proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as Reserve Citizen Airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member. And of I'm the, proud to serve in the United and States. And I am Air proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few. The proud. The Marines. The following program was pre-recorded. The following program was pre-recorded. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show. How about a Fresca? Your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. He's a strange doctor. Strange doctor. We finally made it to campus. Well, yes, I'm back on campus. And students are actually arriving while we speak here. If you're listening to the King Banyan Show this weekend, uh, the second weekend of January. It's Job Saturday, by the way. And uh, we've already covered the jobs report. And we're not going to talk too much more about it, except in the context of a couple other things this hour. But it happens to also be the weekend where I have students arriving back to campus for spring semester. So, So if you're listening to this this hour... You're probably not going to be able to call me because I'm actually greeting students at this moment. But we didn't want you to be left high and dry. So 
So we've got some fresh material here for you here today uh, in, in Jan- you know, January 2022 uh, and, and still with the pandemic uh, running around us at, at times. But uh, you know what? I tell people the King Banyan show was built for the pandemic because Sean and I have only met kind of sort of by accident one time. I had to run in to do an hour and Sean just happened to be there. So uh, uh, production manager John sat him down and said, you tape him. Uh, and so am I right, Sean? I think that's the only time we've ever met was one evening where I had to quick tape an hour because I was caught in meetings during the usual Saturday time. I think that's that- right. Yeah, so it's been one time and one time only, but uh, but uh, it, you know, we were built. We were so this show was built for pandemics. This show is built for all kinds of things. We're going to we're coming to the end, I think, of my uh, my peripatetic ways, where I've been in travel mode and having to greet students in various places, and otherwise having my Saturdays occupied. We'll soon be back to a regular schedule of live shows here, but thank you for your patience with us. Look. There are lots of things happening besides the jobs report. Um, none of it, and I'm going to talk about, I'm going to have to talk a little bit about politics, but it's the politics regarding the Federal Reserve. And to get to the politics, I have to first get to the economics of the Federal Reserve uh, and the actions that it took this week. So the Fed, so just so you know how this works, and, and I'm, I'm going to, this is a little bit of history, uh, of my history. When I first became, decided to go to grad school in economics, that was fall of 1979, was my first semester in graduate school. If you wanted to read the minutes of a meeting of the Federal Open Market Committee, you actually had to go someplace where they were stored, and the minutes, not the transcripts, the minutes were stored for five years. So you did not know anything more in the in originally. You didn't know anything unless someone went out and said something that told you told you something. So we would wait with bated breath for a speech by the Federal Reserve Chair or the Humphrey Hawkins testimony, which obviously didn't start till Humphrey Hawkins passed in 1977. So it was 78. So the first Humphrey Hawkins testimonies that I got to hear and I would look for the reports on it and I'd look for for news on it and every once in a while you might even see like 30 seconds of the testimony um, and I wanted to and I, I and so I would wanted to follow that because I'm a student of the Fed and I've been a student of the Federal Reserve since I was in grad school uh, monetary policy was one of my research topics when I was working on my doctorate and I wrote a dissertation on inflation um, and, and political economy surrounding inflation. So I love those things. After, uh, after about 25 years, all of a sudden you get the minutes within 30, within 30 days of the end of a meeting. The Fed started to speak in public right after the end of the meetings. And then you would actually get transcripts about two years afterwards rather than have and they'd be online rather than having to go out and find things so the transcripts all of a sudden were much more widely available all of this is to say that the fed can make news now in a variety of ways that when i was a young pup even even as an assistant professor the fed pretty much didn't make news unless it came out and said we're changing policy they didn't much say that. So, and you had almost no information, no information regarding, um, you had no information regarding the conversations within the walls unless you had access to the minutes or the transcripts, which, as I said, weren't public. Now, it comes out within 30 days. All of this to say, at the moment, at the moment, you, we have, at the moment, we now have these minutes come out and people are analyzing them the moment they come out and markets reacting to them the minute they come out. The Fed this week released the minutes from its meeting that happened in early December. And um, now I have to go find, find the minutes among all the different windows I have open. Uh, let me, 
I need to click on this. There it is. And so in the middle of the of page four of the 14 pages of minutes of the meeting, understand, this is a summary. This is not actually what anybody said. Nobody is identified in the document. The Fed says a few things that makes people go a little hinky. Participants had an initial discussion about the appropriate conditions and timing for starting balance sheet runoff relative to raising the federal funds rate from the effective lower bound, the zero. They don't want to say zero, so they say effective. They also discuss how this relative timing might differ from the previous experience in which balance sheet runoff commenced almost two years after policy rate liftoff when the normalization of the Fed funds rate was judged to be well underway. That's referring to what happened in 2014, 15, 16, 17. Basically, the Yellen period, the Yellen period. Remember, they talked about it and everyone got a little cuckoo and we had something called the taper tantrum in which interest rates rose very rapidly because everyone was selling their bonds afraid of how bad the taper would treat the bond and stock markets. And so they stopped. They did it again. Under, that was during Bernanke, during, during, uh, during Yellen. They did it and they started and they continued a little bit each step of the way and they actually tapered off about... $800 billion of a, of, a, of a balance sheet. $800 billion sounds like a ton of money. Let's remember, the balance sheet went to $4.5 trillion. Maybe it's better if I do this in so that I'm talking billions to billions. They were at about $4,500 billion, $4,500 billion, and they took off over the course of two years, about $800 billion, about 20% of that balance sheet over the course of two years in a very slow, steady direction by doing something called runoff, meaning when the, the Fed's got these bonds and it, it, they're maturing at various times, and as a bond matures, the Fed has to make a decision. Do we replace that with another bond or do we simply simply give it back to the to the treasury take the cash off and so we're removing we're removing on the one hand treasury securities off our balance sheet on the one hand and we're we're shrinking the amount of our liabilities remember the liabilities of the federal reserve are what's called monetary base and it's the it's the foundation of the money supply of our country and i i i could be a lot more. I could I could say a lot more about that. But I don't. It's not necessary. Anyway, that's what they're talking about here. Almost all. I'm going back to reading the the minutes from the from from the meeting of December 1415. Almost all participants agreed that it would likely be appropriate to initiate balance sheet runoff at some point after the first increase in the target range for the Fed funds rate. Okay, so they don't want to start runoff before they raise the rate. Now, the market has already priced in place an increase that could be as much, could be happen as soon as March of 22. So that means, therefore, that they're unlikely to start a runoff process until the following meeting in April. So they're saying three meetings. Basically, we know they're not going to, we're pretty sure they're not going to raise rates at the next meeting at the end of January. But we think they're going to raise rates at the meeting in March. And then the meeting after that might be the point where they, where they talk about possibly, uh, um, possibly closer to the point where they get to the April meeting. So they're saying, I'm going to raise rates, then I might start the runoff, and then I might raise rates some more. I'm going to read a little further. Participants judge that the appropriate timing of balance sheet runoff would likely be closer to that of policy rate liftoff than the committee's previous experience. Now, remember, they said we didn't lift off, we didn't run off the balance sheet for two years. So we're going to go from two years down to, down to, uh, from two years down to something less than two years. We know they're going to raise the rate one meeting before, so that now leaves them all kinds of space in which they could possibly raise raise the rate again. Hang on just a second. I need to... What the heck happened here? 
Um, I gotta find. I gotta find something. I lost my sheet. Oh my heavens, King! You're terrible. Um, here we go. Uh, so, participants judged the appropriate timing and balance sheet runoff likely closer to the policy rate liftoff than the committee's previous experience. They noted that current conditions included a stronger economic outlook, higher inflation, and a larger balance sheet could warrant a potentially faster pace of policy rate normalizations. What does that mean? We're going to tell you right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. That you can build them again. Look around. Soaking up the sun in Fiji. Walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis. Or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Listen to The Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Did you know that Big Lou can vaccinate your entire estate from the virus known as Uncle Sam? That's right. Big Lou and Term Provider have the only single-dose solution in town, a $1 million term life insurance policy. Yep, a $1 million term life insurance policy with no side effects. One call to Big Lou can lead to an entire estate vaccination that will provide 100% guaranteed protection against estate taxes and debt, even if you are a bit porky or have a splash of sugar diabetes. In fact, a 50-year-old male may qualify for half a million dollars of coverage for less than 100 bucks per month, a million for less than 200 per month. Call Big Lou at Term Provider to get the service and price you deserve with zero side effects. Call 800-555-2085 right now. 800-555-2085. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He follows the science too. Call 800-555-2085 or visit BigLou.com. Big Lou doesn't give tax advice. I'm sure glad you're my sister, Addie. Yep, you're my best buddy. Mom says you were their little surprise. What would we do without you? Well, you'll probably get your own gum. Yeah, that's true, but you're worth it. Hello, my name is Carrie. I work with Pro-Life Across America, the billboard people. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives to abortion or needs post-abortion assistance or would like to support the life-saving work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out online at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America, educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America, the Billboard People. Some of your favorite pastors and authors are bringing you their most popular devotionals free. Discover the joy and peace you can experience every day when you spend focused time in God's Word. Sign up for daily devotionals from Crosswalk.com and get inspiration and encouragement sent right to your inbox with devotionals for parenting, singles, women, and more. Crosswalk.com provides spiritual growth for every stage of life. Crosswalk.com is a division of Salem Media Group. GodTube.com. Inspiration, comedy, music, faith, and fun. Get the best of GodTube every morning and start your day with a smile. Great faith-based videos sent to your inbox daily when you subscribe at GodTube.com, a division of Salem Media Group. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. The Biz 1440. Oh, yeah, the cold, my heavens. Hasn't it been something? I had a friend who runs a store post a picture side-by-side of his phone showing the temperature here in St. Cloud and the temperature in Antarctica, sort of a general temperature in Antarctica. Antarctica was minus 9, and we were minus 24 at that moment. Uh, And I, I I texted him, and I said, yeah, but man, it's summer in Antarctica. I mean, it's winter here, but it's summer in Antarctica. So, come on. Anyway. As I was saying before the break, we're looking through the minutes of the meeting, and we're trying to uh, of the FOMC meeting from December fourteenth, fifteenth, and we're trying to figure out what they were talking about in the meeting. And this set the market this set the markets a Twitter uh, with concern. The 
The 10-year Treasury reached one and three quarters percent for the first time since the pandemic. The so interest rates have been rising at a fairly rapid rate, and both the short end and the long end. Remember, we talked a couple weeks ago, I think, about about using that spread between the two-year and the 10-year Treasury as a way of measuring the tilt of the yield curve, and you can learn things from that. The difference between those two rates, it didn't change at all. So all of this is a measure of what people are thinking about what's going on with inflation. And what happened, I think, was people's expectations of inflation rose because they were like, wow, if the Fed is talking about raising or, or tapering after even the first interest rate rise, we didn't expect that. They must see inflation being worse than we do. Maybe we should revise our expectations of inflation higher than we had them before. I believe that's what happened in the market this week. I want you to listen a little bit more to this, and then I actually want to listen to. I want you to listen to one more. Listen to a clip from someone who, uh, from someone whose opinion is matters very much in the marketplace. I have a comment or two about that that opinion. Um. So I'm gonna I'm gonna skip over some some in, some interesting uh, uh, sidebars, but uh, this one other paragraph made me made me go hmm okay. Many participants judged that the appropriate pace of balance sheet runoff would likely be faster than it was during the previous normalization period. Now that runoff was really really gentle. It was like a it was as I told you over two year period they took out about eight hundred billion dollars. Now if you do the math that means that they were taking out about seven they were taking out something on the order of fifty billion dollars a month. Remember now that portfolio when they finish expanding it, which they're still going to expand it until March, will be closer to nine trillion, double the size it was during at the peak before the last normalization. So they're going to in, they're going to be pulling it down from nine trillion, and if you take out at fifty billion chunks, and you think your landing place, as we talked about a week or two ago here on the show, is maybe not going back to the three and a half to four, but maybe trying to get back to six, you could do the math. If I have to take out three thousand billion dollars to get from nine to nine trillion to six trillion. That's three thousand, and if I take it out at fifty a month, right? Do the math. You're going to be taking an awfully long time. You're going to take five full years to get back to to normal. I they're saying, hey, we probably aren't going to take five years. We might try to normalize it back down to six trillion from nine trillion. What if they did it in two and a half years? That means that they're going to be they're going to be not rolling over a hundred billion dollars a month of treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. Many participants also judged that monthly caps on the runoff securities could help ensure that the, and the rest of this is fine. Now, here's the thing that I wanted you to hear. This is Ray Dalio, who's written a few books, is considered quite a... Um, quite a guru when it comes to comes to, to markets. He's, he fancies himself to be a financial historian. Um, I, I like his books. I think there are better books if you're thinking about financial history. But his track record as, a, as someone running hedge funds has, is pretty solid, okay, and someone who the market looks to very, very strongly. And I think he said something very interesting in this in this doc, in in an interview on CNBC that happened on Thursday of this week, and let's go ahead and play that. This is cut number three, Sean. Throughout history, um, it causes good services and financial asset prices to rise, and it's and so we're in the part of the cycle. We're in the third year. This next year will be the third year in the cycle. And naturally, there will be a tightening of monetary policy. And uh, the problem with that tightening of monetary policy is that there's a great deal of interest rate sensitivity. And because it's gotten so far and so extreme, just the pulling back of that is a very delicate thing. So that that issue of pulling back the policy is what's causing the markets to really react strongly to language in minutes of a meeting that happened three weeks ago. 
I said four weeks. It's actually three weeks. Uh, I said four weeks in the previous segment. Three weeks ago, this meeting happened. Chair Powell comes out and says, we had this talk. We're discussing the, the normalization. However, what happened was people looked at it and it's like, oh, that talk was far more serious than it was before. It's CNBC on uh, Thursday afternoon publishes an article titled, The Federal Reserve is Scaring Markets with the Triple Threat of Policy Tightening. <gasps> oh, I don't know how to, I hope that sound comes through to you well over a radio, but it's like, <gasps> oh, triple threat. Okay, when I think triple threat, I'm normally thinking of the wishbone offense in college football. I'm not thinking of Federal Reserve, what Federal Reserve policy. Okay, um, they're talking not just about raising interest rates and tapering bond buying. They're being they're talking about reducing the holdings of a true taper, which gets me to the point I've been trying to make for several several months. We are not in a quantitative tightening yet. We're quantitatively easing at at slower rates. Okay, yeah. Um, if you'll forgive me for using a math term, we're talking about the second derivative rather than the first derivative. The change in the change. The direction's in the same direction. The economy is, the Fed is still easing policy at a time when the unemployment rate we just learned is at 3.9%. We can see that the markets are, the markets are, are, are Decreased the the markets are expecting GDP growth to continue. They're expecting negative interest rates to continue. Indeed, in this period, and I we don't I didn't have Sean pull this cut, but but as uh, Dalio says later in the interview, it is highly unlikely that the Federal Reserve will allow positive real interest rates to exist for the foreseeable future. Which is why, if you are an investor. This is probably good news for your stock portfolio. Because as long as bonds continue to have a negative real rate, stocks will continue to look relatively attractive because at least you have the opportunity for a positive real return on, on, on a stock. If you buy a bond and you hold it to maturity, it's, it's probably not. And the only way in which you can get a capital gain on the bond is for the interest rate to fall further from here. And that seems really tremendously unlikely at at this time um so so the so the uh, the commentary from the from the fed was from uh, people on market this is from the cnbc story the market had a knee-jerk reaction yesterday what was it sounds like the fed is going to come fast and furious and take liquidity out of the market this is lindsey bell chief market strategist at ally financial if they do it in a steady and gradual market, the market can perform well in that environment. If they come fast and furious, then it's going to be a different story. Financial markets, you're a bunch of scaredy cats. You had to know that the Fed was going to have to stop this process. But this is Dalio's point, and I think, I think it's a good one. The market currently has a pretty serious addiction a pretty serious addiction to low to low interest rates and we'll continue to insist that we have to have negative interest rates um, on a real basis for quite some time um, it is very it is very in- interesting to me that uh, that people are are just reacting in this in this way. She's uh, this Lindsay Bell from Ally says says later on, the Fed sounds like they're going to be a lot quicker in action. Again, I want to remind people: if you tell people you're increase, you're going to have a bigger runoff, a rate of runoff than you had before, but the balance sheet is twice as large as it was before. What really matters isn't the size of the balance, the 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 absolute dollar value of the runoff, but the the rate of runoff relative to the size of the balance sheet, because that's what determines the increase or decrease in the money supply that impacts the inflation rate. That is to say, a hundred billion a month runoff in this environment, if that's what they do, 
is equivalent to the 50 billion runoff they did five years ago. And why the market should react so differently now than it did before strikes me as being just nuts. It's just, it's crazy. If the market talks them into, well, you can only go 50, that means five years to get back just to six trillion when they started at three and a half trillion in March of 2020. That makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And into that place, we now have the rumors of names for the people for coming into the Federal Reserve as new FOMC members, new governors. And we'll talk about them right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Man, winter's here, and I missed out on getting my roof done. Did you at least get your siding fixed? Nah, didn't get to that either. Well, I wouldn't worry. Just call JTR Roofing. JTR will give you an estimate and get your project on their calendar for first thing in the spring. There are a ton of roofing and siding companies. Why should I call JTR? First, check out their online reviews, like this one. JTR did the roofing and siding on our house. Fantastic. And conscientious workers. Okay. Or there's this one. I can't say enough about what great guys they are. JTR should be your first and last call. Hmm. Plus, JTR Roofing is also a locally owned company. They stand behind their work, and they'll be there for you in the years to come. JTR Roofing. Sounds like I better give them a call. Visit JTRRoofingInc.com. That's JTRRoofingInc.com to set up your no-obligation consultation. JTR Roofing, windows, siding, and gutters. JTRRoofingInc.com Being a teenager is tough. There's the constant pressure to be liked. Endless worrying about college. Cyberbullying, high expectations, all the negativity. There's no question. Being a teenager is tough. And what do Minnesota's teens do when they want to block out the noise and clear their heads? We play! Research shows that teenagers who participate in high school sports have lower stress levels, more confidence, and greater self-esteem. And then there's the biggest benefit of all. High school sports are fun. Not just fun. They're a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Encourage your teenagers to participate in a sport or activity when they go to high school. They'll stress less and smile more. And they'll be laying the foundation for a happier, healthier future. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems a boot. Arby's Computer Service. Um, yeah. I wish I'd been at a stone canyon. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. The Biz 1440. Thank you so much for listening today. This is going to get remembered by some folks as the secret edition of the King Banyan Show. Uh, and <laughs> uh, because uh, you, if you're hearing it, you're probably hearing it at what's a non-normal Saturday morning time. But, uh, or if you are, it's, it's, it's a, if you're hearing it on Saturday, it's a pre-record. But um, anyway, I'm glad you're able to hear it because uh, I've tried not to make it too, too, um, uh, temporal, but it's going to be a little bit temporal in, on, in this particular segment uh, for this reason. Washington Post on Wednesday of this past week prints an article uh, by, uh, by Rachel Siegel 
uh, indicating uh, that they believe they have names for the last three people meant to be on the Federal Reserve uh, Board, where they currently have three vacancies. Okay? Which is weird. It is just weird. The normal FOMC has seven governors, has the seven governors, has the, has the president of the New York Fed, who always is an FOMC member, and then has four other FOMC presidents. At this particular moment, they've got four governors. In, in this next meeting, they would have four governors, the New York Fed, and the four presidents, which is really kind of interesting because some of the presidents they're going to get replacing the ones that are going off the board for the January meeting are pretty hard line, are pretty hard line for um, uh they're pretty hard line uh, inflation hawks, including uh, uh, President Bullard is going to be on now. I believe President George from Kansas City will be on. Um, that's some pretty that's some pretty hardcore stuff. Anyway, here are the names that were named: Sarah Bloom Raskin to become the Federal Reserve's top banking regulator. This means that she would be nominated to be the vice chair of the Fed and take over the role that's been played by uh, Randy Quarles. Now, this is the position that that uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren has been so bent around the axle over, because she's believed that the banks have not been hard, have not been regulated sufficiently by the Fed. She has now Raskin has been deputy was deputy secretary for the Treasury Department during the Obama administration from 2014 on, and she was on the board herself back as a governor in 2010 to 2014. That, so that's that's Sarah Bloom Raskin. She would be she would be nominated as the vice chair. What is interesting to me is I have not seen a story that indicates that their names have been actually actively placed in the nomination yet. I have not actually seen that 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 there's hearings involved, which means that they're not going to be sitting for this next meeting. And if they don't, and if the Senate doesn't get on their horse and get this get the work done, they might not even make it to the March meeting. If you think about what we just discussed in terms of when the Fed is actually going to do policy rate liftoff, uh, ending ending quantitative easing, and actually running off the balance sheet, these are people that you would think the Fed wants on. So, number one, Sarah Bloom Raskin. Number two, Lisa Cook. Um she is she is she is another Obama administration holdover. She was on the Council of Economic Advisors there. Um, she's worked and been an advisor, uh, has visited at the Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis, along with those in New York and Chicago and Philadelphia. She's currently an economist at uh, Michigan State. I will say of the three, she is the one I know the best. And I know the best. I don't know her personally, but I know I know of her. I've read her work. She is fascinating, um, and to me is one of those academic choices. I'm like, I'm glad you have somebody like her on in your list. She is not a conservative, but I also don't believe she's she she is not a modern monetary theory person. Okay, she is not from the far left. She is certainly not from the far right. Remember, she worked in the Obama administration, so she has center left views, but. But nothing that I, nothing that that uh, uh, concerns me in, in the slightest. The last one is a is a is a dean, and it's interesting to me. Uh, is Philip Jefferson? He is the the uh, dean of faculty at Davidson College, um, home of Seth Curry, and um, and he has been a staff economist at the Fed. And worked also at the Fed for the Board of Governors and at the New York Fed. Here's my point. These are three center-left insiders. And maybe only Raskin is the one who's there who's supposed to make it kind of palatable for the the, uh, folks like Elizabeth Warren or Sherrod Brown or some of the other progressive senators in the u.s senate to sort of say yeah we got something we wanted because we know that they had to 
they had to eat a, a yuck sandwich to sort of say, yeah, we can we can live with Jerome Powell being renominated, even though he was first nominated by by the president who must not be named. Um, we we can live with that. We'll be all right. Um, I should call him the president must not be named except for January six. Um, and then uh, they were um, so you would have now Powell, Brainerd. Raskin, Cook, Jefferson, if they're all, if they are all uh, confirmed and indeed nominated as well as confirmed, if they're all there, um, they would be there. And then you would have Christopher Waller. And wouldn't you know, I'm going to blank on the seventh name, am I not? Uh, hang on just a second. Let me see if I can remember this. I've got to remember the seventh name. Oh, Richard Clarida is still there. So that would give you, um, that would give you all of the, that gives you all of the people who would uh, would would be on the board of governors of the Fed. I've got to tell you, as someone who as someone who is a follower of the of Fed policy for for uh, many years, I would tell you that one makes that group uh, would make me pretty pretty happy for a. For a Federal Reserve that is being run by, that's being nominated and had many people placed onto it by the Biden White House, including the renomination of of, of uh, Governor Brainerd, um, that's in the range of what I would call a normal, a normal center left Fed body. Is it a body that's going to really accelerate, hit the gas pedal in terms of quantitative tightening? I don't think so. So I think the the market gyrations over oh my god the fed might take away the punch bowl too fast they're not going to. Not with not with this crowd. I can't I can't imagine. But they know they've got to start doing it somewhat soon. Even uh, Neil Kashkari, president of the Minneapolis Fed is now said publicly in the last week that he believes two rate hikes in 2022 would be appropriate. Okay, and he's I would argue probably the most dovish of the doves on on there. To, he's probably to the, he's probably on on even uh, more dovish than uh, than Charles Evans, who I think is being and Daly's already been out saying she wants three. So I think I think we're fine on that. So I would be very comfortable with I'm comfortable with this particular piece. If that's where they're going to end up, we're going to be okay. But do you think? Do I think the Fed will reduce more quickly? No, and I think that's why those three names are being sent up is to make sure they don't move too quickly, but also to make sure that the markets realize who we have in place are the people that will keep everything kind of copacetic. Everything's going to be just okay. I'm going to switch gears because I saw something on Bloomberg uh, television uh, uh, on Thursday that I just just like my eyes popped. Are you really? Oh, that's very interesting. Think about how markets react to changes in demand for something. And what's the number one thing that we're all concerned about right now? Well, if it's not, if COVID's not your top thing you're worried about, it's probably in your top three. And what's the number one thing we've been talking about that's missing in our COVID strategy right now? I think arguably you could say it's the ability to get uh, testing kits that you can operate at home. I've traveled a little bit over the last month or so. I'm traveling again in a week, uh, within a week, and I would like to be able to test myself at home. Now, I actually am not going to test myself at home because I can, I can get to a place where I can get tested. It's only like three minutes from my house, so that's fine. But there are all kinds of different testing centers that are that are created, and the fact that these testing centers exist and these home test kits exist, I think is is. Except for the actions of the FDA, who I'm not going to beat on in this particular segment, um, is the result of is the result of how markets work. I want you to listen. I want you to listen to this, okay? I'm going to. This is Ron Gutman. He's the co-CEO of a company, a health tech company called Intrivo, and they produce rapid COVID tests. And he is talking about what's happened to the demand for these kits. I want you to, I want you to hear this first. I'm just going to have you play this first cut, cut number four, please, Sean. 
uh, per, uh, per uh, order, we can uh, people can order up to four, uh, you know, test kits, which are two tests in, in one kit. So you know, enough for a family, enough for them to get tested, and they can you know they can place multiple orders as they need. But uh, we definitely uh, worked really hard to make sure that supply is enough. We are in more than a thousand cities across the United States, 24/7. You can actually get uh, these tests uh, to your home in as little as 15 to 20 minutes. 15 to 20 minutes. Can you imagine getting on your getting on your phone? Okay, I'm going to grab my iPhone. I live in St. Cloud. That probably isn't true for me. But if you're living if you're listening to me and you're living in Minneapolis or St. Paul, it might be even true for you. That's remarkable. That is absolutely utterly remarkable. Now, I want you to think about what that might cost and how it works and then think about the question he is asked next by Carolyn Hyde at Bloomberg, and I'm going to play you the question and answer right after this. I mean, it was jaw-dropping here on the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-884-9018-800-884-9018-800-884-9018-800-884-9018-800-884-9018 Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today, or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all, the few, the proud, the Marines. Pick it up or take it out, rackshacktogo.com or rackshackdelivery.com. It's so easy. Hey, you've been working hard. Half the staff is gone and your crew needs a lift. Go to rackshacktogo.com for pickup or rackshackdelivery.com and we'll bring it out to you. It's America's food and the right thing to do. Get that rackshack attack, rackshack barbecue, iBelieve.com helps women wrestle with the deeper issues of their faith. Drop by for blogs and daily devotionals for women, plus articles on relationships, health and beauty, parenting, and more. At iBelieve.com, a division of Salem Media Group. iBelieve.com. Sightseeing in Ferris, at the Mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to The Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. By the way, Sean, you have to watch the documentary Echo in Echo in the Canyon. If you haven't seen it, it's great. It's about that particular period uh, in uh, the Topanga Canyon uh, uh, Valley and uh, the music of that time, including the Mamas and the Papas. Um, anyway, I wanted to talk about this this piece. This was on Bloomberg Technology, uh, a TV show, a TV show on the Bloomberg Channel 
on Thursday night, and it was whew, I, I I just my my jaw just dropped when I heard this. You know, I'm not sure we got all of that first clip that we played before the break, so I'm just going to have Sean play it again. Ron Gutman, who's the co-CEO of Intrivo, a health tech company, they partner up with a rapid delivery company. With a delivery company, they, they develop a partnership so they can get, not you don't have to go to the store to get the testing kit. The company, this, this partner will get the kit to you. I want you to listen to this. Cut number four. Uh, per uh, per uh, order, we can uh, people can order up to four, uh, you know, test kits, which are two tests in, in one kit. So you know, enough for a family, enough for them to get tested, and they can you know they can place multiple orders as they need. But uh, we definitely uh, worked really hard to make sure that supply is enough. We are in more than a thousand cities across the United States, 24/7. You can actually get uh, these tests uh, to your home in as little as 15 to 20 minutes. That's amazing. 15 to 20 minutes. And so you would have, my reaction would have been like, wow, 15 to 20 minutes. Tell me how you do it. How do you actually operate the supply chain such that you can actually have the kits in place for GoPuff to make the delivery? That's not where the reporter, Carolyn Hyde, goes. Where does she go instead? Well, you just got to listen. Cut number five. And interesting, you talk to us about price point and the like, because I've just been in the UK for the holidays where you get these for free from the government. You walk into pharmacies, you go to libraries, you get them sent by the government, whereas in the US, the healthcare systems operates in a very different way. How do you manage to marry that need, that desperate need to remain safe at the same and earn a living at the same time as, you know, pricing it right so that it means the right thing for your business? I think we do both. You know, we, we no, make stop, stop, stop. That should be cut six, I think. Um, don't play cut six just yet. I want to play. I want. I want to play cut five again, and I want you to pause when I tell you to. Okay, so let's go ahead and play this again because I, I, I I'm. It's jaw droppingly, remar- It's jaw dropping for me. What Ms. Hyde asks. So let's play this again. Cut number five. And interestingly, talk to us about price point and the like, because I've just been in the UK for the holidays where you get these for free from the government. You Stop. Always- They're not free. They're free to you, but it costs the government something. And frankly, young lady, you should know that that's the government. And you're the government. And you're paying for it through your taxes. Continue pharmacies, you go to libraries, you get them sent by the government, whereas in the U.S., the healthcare systems operates in a very different way. How do you manage to marry that need, that desperate need to remain safe at the same and earn a living at the same time as, you know, pricing it right so that it means the right thing for your business? Stop. All right. All right. Hold. I'm going to play Gutman's answer in just a moment, but but think for a second what she's saying. What she's saying is is... How do you price it so that people can afford to buy it? It's like, isn't that true for everything? The buyer always has the opportunity to say no thank you, right? You can always walk away, unlike the government, where whether you want that test kit or not, they've spent the money to buy them, to put them in the pharmacy, to put them in the library, to put them in whatever places they choose to put them. But, oh, no, no, for you. For you, you can only get them if you pay for them, which means you actually get to make a choice about this. I'm going to play Gutman's answer in part because it, it, it gets to something else that bothers me about how businesses operate these days. Because I would have said, I think we have to make sure that the consumer wants this good at the price we offer it. Otherwise, they don't buy my stuff and I don't get to make money and I don't get to operate in a thousand cities. Instead, here's his answer. Cut number six. Uh, at Intrivo, we do both. You know, we, we make tests available. And as we said, it's available through GoPuff app and, and online and also through Amazon, Walmart, Walgreens and directly on letsongo.com in a relatively affordable price. We're talking somewhere between 12 and $15 per test. And it comes in uh, Stop. two tests in a, in a box, right? So Two tests in a box. So you get two tests in a box for 12 to $15. And somehow that's... Okay, so I want to tell you, here's what we're arguing about, 12 to 
but they go further. Go ahead. Could finish out the clip. So uh, twenty-four uh, to twenty-nine dollars. But we also do charity. I mean, we took the entire company, and each and every one of our employees got a special allowance to actually choose, you know, a cause that they care about, and we give free tests to these causes. So we do both of these things. We make sure that we have enough tests to work with government, federal, uh, state, and local governments. But also, we need to make sure that we have availability to people that want to get their tests to their home. And of course, it costs money to get there, right? So people who can afford it, get it through these channels. And people who can afford it less, get it through our partnership with government. All right, I have two points about this. First of all, I don't think this guy should have to apologize. Ron Gutman here should have to apologize for selling kits to people who want to buy them. If you don't want to buy them, there are other opportunities to test. You don't have to buy an at-home kit, right? you got other opportunities out there. It's just that it's not maybe as convenient as it was for Miss Hyde when she was in London. I actually question how convenient it was, but, but I'll stipulate to it was easier for her to get a test in London than it was here. I don't know that to be true, and actually I kind of suspect it wasn't, but okay. But I want you now to think about the the company in what is the name of this company again? In uh, Intrivo, Intrivo. I want to think about this company again. Suppose you work for them. The boss comes to you and says, "We're going to give away some of our kits for free to char- to a charity. You get to pick the charity." If I work for this company, where is that money coming from? Where the you know I'm putting the investment into the kits and I'm sending them out. That costs money. He's just said it costs money to get them out because he's charging twelve to fifteen dollars a test. So you're getting to pick the, where these tests go. What if I am trying to? What if I'm trying to feed my family? What if I have lots of costs at home? The money that you're using to assuage the guilt of operating in your capitalist system, you could have used instead to pay that worker so that they could have a better quality of life. Instead, you say, well, I can't give you a raise, but I'll tell you what I can do. I'll let you pick a charity that you could send the money to. What if I don't want that? What if instead I'd just like to get an extra 50 cents an hour or an extra thousand a year in my salary? Um, Can I have that instead? But no. And we only have to do that so that he has that answer queued up to explain why his company is charging for tests in the United States. It makes no sense to me. What I would do instead is just say, hey, look, we live in a system where people get what they want when they want it. And I'm encouraged to innovate, to get a test of somebody in 20 minutes. Isn't that remarkable? That's what the capitalist system does. Hey, thank you for listening today. Sean, thanks for uh, taping uh, for us. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. I'm sure glad you're my sister, Addie. Yep, you're my best buddy. Mom says you were their little surprise. What would we do without you? Well, you'll probably get your own gum. Yeah, that's true, but you're worth it. Hello, my name is Carrie. I work with Pro-Life Across America, the billboard people. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives to abortion or needs post-abortion assistance or would like to support the life-saving work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out online at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America, educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across As we head into the new year, the big question is, will you follow through with the resolutions and goals you make for the coming year? Boy, the last couple years have been a little tough, and probably one of those goals you'd like is to set yourself and your family up for a better 2022. Well, you can do that with a cash-out refinance from United Faith Mortgage. Hey, it's Lee Michaels here, and my friends at United Faith Mortgage can take care of you with a cash-out refinance. A little extra cash in your pocket, redo that loan, and take care of some of those projects you might want to have. Have done. Pay off a little debt. Maybe you want to do a little remodeling or whatever the case may be, you are in control. The great thing about United Faith Mortgage is their direct lender advantage, meaning there's no middleman. And that advantage allows us to get a better rate for you so you can save monthly and lifelong money. 
And again, United Faith Mortgage will cover your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money you'd normally have to pay up front. Visit them online at unitedfaithmortgage.com. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. NMLS number 1330. Ryan Vrecka, NMLS number 65233. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony I'm Madrid. Staff Sergeant Smith I'm Cal. Staff Sergeant I'm Alex Staff Keeley. Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win. In air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member. And I'm proud to serve in the United States. And I am proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. Biz 1440. KYC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.